Hi, this is Delegate Julie Polakovich Carr, representing Rockville and Gaithersburg in Montgomery County. And you're listening to the Conduit Street Podcast, the official podcast of the Maryland Association of Counties. Welcome to the Conduit Street Podcast. Kevin Canale here with Michael Sanderson. Michael, another week, another episode after dark. And I have to tell you, we're really starting to push the limit on this after dark because it's it's getting pretty late here on Thursday night, February 10th. Well, we're getting a little stacked up with a lot of stuff. Session is definitely, it's feeling like session, right? We're, you know, we're been at the witness stand and the testimony table, even if it's by Zoom and stuff. But, you know, this this last week just felt really overwhelming. You and your your colleagues on the policy team just out there grinding with all these different bills and our legislative committee with a lot of stuff to work through. So and these are long days. That's what we signed up for. So that's that's how it is. So if it's, you know, whatever, it's 1030 when we sit down to record, then that's that's what we're going to do. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely feels like session and we're, we're well into it. But tonight on the podcast, we're going to talk about big changes coming to the Maryland Senate. That is the talk of the town. We'll give you an update on the budget. Pretty quiet so far, but with some wrinkles that we'll discuss, could be interesting stuff coming up. And then we'll get into an interesting segment, Michael, on ballot selfies and why ballot selfies are a thing in this session of the Maryland General Assembly. Let's first talk about, Michael, the the big changes coming to the Maryland Senate. We talked about this way back when, when we saw the protocols come out for the House and the Senate. You know, they're conducting business in the middle of a pandemic, although the numbers are looking much, much better as of recent. But, you know, we talked about before that the Senate always planned on coming back to in person yeah. at the week hopeful of Valentine's to, Day. Yeah. Right, right, right. So next week. Hopeful we would be able to do that. Right. Right. So. Hopeful. Hopeful was always the, the key phrase there. But it looks like they're going to go ahead and do this, Michael. Next week, we got a new set of protocols, some new guidelines, and it looks like this is going to happen next week. Yeah, that's 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 the plan. So so words out with more and more details this week about what next week's going to look like. And so I guess, you know, I mean, this is a reflection that that it looks like the, the, the numbers are trending downward and people are feeling incrementally more comfortable. So, you know, holding in-person hearings and probably things are going to still be more spaced out and so forth. We've seen some of the details land, but I still don't know what the room's going to look and feel like. But um, so we're going to we're going to land in person and, and give testimony and that stuff in the Senate next week. That'll be that'll be a shift. It's been a while to see these folks face to face as we testify. Right. Yeah, I mean, it is it's it is interesting and a little bit weird to be back in there because it's been a few years now, really, that you've been testifying virtually. Also, right. Michael, the, the House is planning to stay virtual. Right. And they they always had planned to do that throughout the session. So they had never really hoped to be able to make this shift. But now the House will be virtual. The Senate is planning on coming back in person. And, you know, I think that the numbers, again, are down. And the Senate is is saying, hey, we've upgraded the Wi-Fi. So we understand. And we can talk a little bit about the complexities there. They plan on streaming voting sessions. That's a change from the original plan. So I think they're trying to make some, some changes here to accommodate some things. But 
you know, again, it is the it is the talk of the town, and and for a lot of different reasons, Michael. First of all, I think you have to have some sympathy for people who are saying, "Hey, you know, I've I've been testifying during this session, and I haven't had to drive, you know, two three hours or whatever it is because right. I want to come testify on a bill that I really care about." That's that's a lot different from people like you and me who you know are right around the corner. I mean, that's what makes this a challenge, I think, and there's some degree of pushback that we've we've been gathering over the last couple of days as this as this plan has come into focus we've seen some some stakeholders who have said you know like it's it's been, it's become a public convenience for for residents and citizens and business owners and affected stakeholders and so forth you know people from a community who are affected by some local bill they want to come to Annapolis and have that experience to engage with their policymakers. And for years that meant you you take a day off of work or a day off of school or something like that. And you come to Annapolis and you wait your turn and you have your bit. But now, like you said, the last couple of years have shown that you can you can basically have that experience using you basically like you know using the Zoom technology. So as long as you've got a device or you can get to a library someplace where you can get access to one of those devices, then you zoom in, you have your couple of minutes in the room, you, you say your piece, you field your questions, and then you switch off and you're like back in your living room. There's something to be said for the, the magic of technology there. It's not, it's not perfect. It's not exactly the same, but I don't know. You don't, you don't lose a day, right? Right. And, you know, that's always stuff you've heard from people who don't do this every day, you know, they come to the General Assembly and the hearing says it starts at one o'clock and then you find out, oh, well, they're hearing 15 bills and my bill's number 14. So I'm here at one o'clock, but what time do you think this bill is actually going to be heard? And oftentimes you have to break that news that, you know, you might be, be here uh, into the right. evening. Yeah, right. right. So right. so I get it. I get it. You know, it is, you, you do have to have some sympathy there. Right. And so, so the, like the least sympathetic players in this story are people like us. So, you know, denizens of the Annapolis game and so forth. So like no one's exactly crying tears over you. You've got bills in the Ways and Means Committee that are on taxes and education and elections and stuff like that. And then, you know, sort of across the hall or, you know, across the, the boulevard to go over to the Senate building in ordinary circumstances, you might have some bills the same day in the budget and tax committee where there's some things talking about taxes and whatever. So like you have to try and traverse to the two buildings, but now I guess you end up being sort of a weird hybrid that you're in the Senate building for in-person testimony. And then you've got to go scurry to a private like place so you can, zoom into your house hearing that's like that's the part that is going to be peculiar i think mm -hmm. and that's why i mentioned you know upgrading the wi-fi because I, I think the senate is acknowledging and leadership is acknowledging look we know that a lot of you are testifying in the senate and the house on the same day so uh, we know that you're going to have to testify in person and then scurry out to the hallway or find a corridor somewhere that's relatively quiet to deliver your virtual testimony into the house so that is something that you know, I think is generating some buzz. The Senate says, look, we get it. We know that's going to be a thing. So it seems like maybe they're going to try to make some accommodations there, but still it, it does create some complexities. And I think people are a little bit anxious about that generally. So we'll see how this plays out, Michael, but it seems like we're going to move forward. You know, you mentioned there, there is some pushback that you're starting to see maybe on social media and stuff, but 
I think generally the, the Senate wants to do this and, and get back to, to somewhat of, of normalcy for, for hosting in-person hearings. And, you know, you've always been able to get into the buildings this session. That's been a change from before where you can now go in and at least, you know, meet with legislators as, as long as you're masked up and you take the appropriate precautions. But now they want to get back to actually doing this in person. So we'll see. I think I think it's going to be interesting. I'm a little nervous. I have to tell you, I haven't been in there to deliver in person testimony in a long time. So it's it's a little bit it's a little bit nerve wracking. But but I think at the end of the day, you know, they're going to try to make it as safe as possible and as comfortable as possible and, and as normal as possible. And hopefully, it plays out the way they think that it will. Well, it'll be like riding a bike for you, Kevin. You're an ace, man. You got this. I, I think I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. But you know, so so interesting stuff there, Michael. And again, next week will be the show. We'll see. And let let's shift a little bit, Michael, to the budget. We talk about the budget a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the, the big news is it's it's really all quiet so far. We 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 know that the budget is in a good spot this year. And, and looking into the out years. We know that you know there probably won't be a BRFA, right, in, in a Budget Reconciliation Financing Act, and that's where right. typically you see you know you see a lot of cuts being proposed and whatnot. So if you're not dealing with that, it's already you know less of a thing. And then also we're starting to hear and see budget briefings where the the Department of Legislative Services goes through each agency and program and sort of briefs committees on on how they're looking. And, and but Michael, we, we're not seeing the the buzz that we typically do, right? I mean, this is really quiet as we're into mid February almost. Yeah, I think I this I don't think it comes as a big surprise, but the the lay of the land here, if you're not a budget person, like if you're not an Annapolis policy person, and this is your first podcast with us, or this isn't the kind of stuff you've paid attention to. Or, or if you're a policy person and you haven't focused on fiscal issues, then the, like the budget process can feel really weird. Most bills, you introduce a bill, you have a hearing on one day, all the debate happens right there in that, in that hearing before a committee. And then some later time, the committee decides to take it up and go through their votes and make their decisions and so forth. And then things go from there. But it's all focused on one day. The budget is just one bill. But it's literally like a 150 page long bill with agency after agency of detail. And you know, the bill itself has some of the contents, but then if you want all the detail, it's in these stacks of books. So the way the legislature goes through the budget process is piece by piece. The, the two budget committees, one in the Senate, one in the House, they break into subcommittees and they go agency by agency, bit by bit. And they they do it piece by piece. So it's it's deliberately scattered over like a four or five week stretch where you're hearing the agency, you know, like here's the Department of Education and all the funding for, for schools and these different programs. And then like, you know, teacher training programs and, and other grants and other things like that. So a subcommittee will spend an hour and a half talking through the specifics in that agency. And then they go on to a new one. They spend a whole afternoon doing that. So that's what we're into now. And that process has started, but there's not really much chatter around town. Like typically a year ago or a random session, when you get this deep into session, there's usually sort of some buzz saying, oh, well, did you hear that the analyst, the analyst said that like this department needs to like cut seven positions and they need to completely collapse this program because it hasn't been effective and Wonder what the wonder what the subcommittee is going to do. That's a big bold issue they've got on the table suddenly. Like that's that's what happens over the course of these budget deliberations in a normal year, and we're just not 
I don't know, it's just not happening, right? There's there's not a push right at the moment for, boy, we really need to cut $3 million here and $12 million there. We've got a budget surplus in the moment. Not that, not that the analysts aren't going to do their job about is the program effective and, you know, is this, is this increase justified and so forth, but there's a little less pressure to we need to find $150 million to make this year's budget plan work, right? Totally agree. Totally agree. And I think a lot of the anxiety around that time is they everybody knows that they need to make cuts, right? Normally in a year yeah. that doesn't have a surplus and it's like, well, I don't want them to cut what I care about, uh, you know, right? So everybody's kind of scrambling and wondering how all the puzzle pieces are going to come into place. And you just don't, you don't have that this year. So that's a little bit weird, but I mean, we know we still have some issues to work out, including, you know, the high profile issue with education funding that still, you know, has to be resolved. And then of course, Michael, I think maybe looming in the background and, and not a lot of people talking about, you know, we have a lot of infrastructure money that that's coming down to Maryland and there will be, discussion about how the state is going to spend that money. And there are going to be folks with different ideas. And I think there are going to be people that that want to be at the table to help make those decisions. And I think that could be something that we see some some increased chatter about as we move through session and as they start to make budget decisions. So so what do you think about that? I mean, that, that that's looming in the background here and it's billions upon billions of dollars. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that is one of the more interesting components of the sort of you know fiscal plan that needs to come out of this session. It is an election year. It is you know we're, we've, we haven't even really tied up the loose ends on redistricting. We got a twist there. It looks like the the, the legislative maps are going to go to court. So there's still stuff on everybody's mind. Um, I, I think that is one of the more interesting pieces. Uh, toward the end of the 21 session with the sense that the federal government probably had another step coming in rescue or relief money for state and local governments. You know, the, the state got together, the, the, the governor and the administration, along with leaders in the General Assembly, came up with a sort of framework. You, you got to think that that's the, the game plan here too, right? Maybe maybe you do some collaboration on, you know, here are the six areas we think that may make the most sense and well, we'll give some directive that's specific and some that's broad and flexible, and you find some middle ground along those lines. So I think that's interesting, and like we got like we got a big stake in this. There's Maryland has a lot to gain from those federal investments. So I think all that stuff ties together, but it's just a different environment. We're you like you and I both are familiar with fiscal stuff and kind of run in those circles a little bit. And there's just stuff that happens. You run into someone on the hallway and they're like, were you over there for the briefing? You know, the department of transportation just got there, you know, the secretary's office um, budget. And, oh my God, it was, it was a bloodbath. You got to go over there, man. They're cutting everything. It's just, Oh, well, that's, that's the way Annapolis works on budget cycle. And this year it's, you know, partially because people aren't walking in the hallways that way, but it's just missing a little bit. So, all right, that's kind of what we expected this year, I think. Yeah, so obviously a few things to put to bed, some complexities, but the infrastructure piece, I think, is the most interesting. I agree with you, and we'll see how that all plays out. I mean, I've seen a bill that sort of uh, helps to guide you know, who is at the table and how those decisions are made. So interesting stuff coming there, but yeah, that's stuff they're going to have to work out. And, and of course, we do carry a big stake in this and local infrastructure is extremely important. Hopefully a big chunk of that money goes to our local roads and bridges and, you know, wastewater treatment plants, all these things that, you know, certainly need attention and have, have lacked 
appropriate funding for a long time. So hopefully this is the year to, to make sure that money flows down and addresses those issues. So Michael, I want to get into an interesting issue. And this is one I'll say first that Mako is not taking a position on this issue. It's it's not really a function of county government, but I but I want to talk about ballot selfies. Okay. And and in many states, it's perfectly legal to to share a so-called ballot selfie, right? We're talking about you could you go into the voting booth, Michael, and you're so oh, excited okay. to vote and you take out your phone and you got your ballot and you're penciling in your 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 selections on your ballot and you take a picture and you want everybody to see that you voted and you want to post it online and and blah 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 right so that that's okay but right, taking yeah. a photo of your ballot and posting it online is not allowed in at least 14 states and in others Ooh. you're in something of a gray zone right like there's not really huh. clarity and Maryland is in that gray zone all right uh, okay so what we're talking about here is is it is it is it actually the photograph of the ballot itself that is the weird thing under the law or is it is it like the presence of the devices on site like i know, i know there are things you're not supposed to do and and bring with you to the polling mm-hmm. place so what's you know what's what's the hang up here in in maryland law and apparently like some other states too yeah, you, you nailed it. It's the second piece, right? So in, in current law in Maryland, it just says you cannot use your cell phone, pager, camera, computer equipment in any early voting center or at a polling place, right? So Maryland law does not expressly prohibit, you know, taking pictures of your ballot or a ballot selfie. But because the law says you can't use your phone or a camera at a polling place, I guess that's sort of implied, right? I, so this sounds to me like I, I don't know, like like a variation, on, like a slow moving variation on a theme of stuff we've done in the past. Like advancing mm-hmm. technology means you've got to update your laws. That okay, like having electronic and communication devices brought in with you, like this. This was probably written in like the nineteen sixties or seventies, where it was someone with a, you know, secret spy camera, you know, some sort of, you know, James Bond gadgetry. We don't want to have, you know, someone uh, radioing in who to vote for to the person who's inside, you know, who's pulled the little curtain and is is casting their ballot. <laughs> that has right. to be where these laws came from, where this idea of it would be a really unusual circumstance for someone to carry around a communications device with them. And, you know, nowadays, like, literally everybody has that. <laughs> Right, right. And and that's exactly right. I mean, I think, you know, these laws were, were written to to protect the integrity of elections. And you're right, you, you know, you don't want people in there taking pictures of other voters or other voters ballots or the, the oh, right, equipment right. and trying to, to, to get technical details about, you know, vote machines and ballot scanners, whatnot. So I, I get it. But I, I think that it's interesting this year, Delegate Julie Polakovich Carr has a bill to expressly authorize voters to take ballot selfies and publish, share them with the world, right? And, uh, you know, going back to to why these original laws were in place, you know, the delegates bill seems to have the appropriate guardrails, right, Michael? Okay, so so I'll I'll buy that. Um, So the idea here is to basically say enough is enough. You're not allowed to do nefarious things with you know, if you if you have your camera with you, you don't, you're not you're not duty bound to leave it in the glove box of your car. Like I, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the last time I walked into a voting booth. I've been a vote by mail guy for a while, but but still, um, I mean, I'm sure plenty of people 
don't realize this is the law and keep their phone in their pocket and maybe even use it while they're standing in line waiting for their turn. Right. So, right. Of course. (laughs) So, okay. So you keep it on the books. You're not allowed to use it as a tool for collaboration or intimidation or that sort of thing. But it's like, it's, there's no harm, no foul. Like take a picture of yourself on your exciting day and take a picture of your ballot and say, I'm so proud I did this or whatever. Okay. I'm, I'm having trouble finding who's the aggrieved party here. <laughs> right. I mean, you're right. So, you know, you, the, the idea of the bill is you can do it. You can take the picture, you post it, but you can't obviously take pictures of other people without their consent or their ballots without their consent. You can't yeah, yeah, stand right. there and, and, you know, take pictures of the vote machines or, or really just impede election officials generally. Right. So I think right. the idea here, yeah, is it's my vote. It's my ballot. You want me to wear the sticker when I when I vote and post it online so that we get more people excited to vote and whatnot. And if it's my vote and I decide that I want to share it or I want to share a picture of myself just in the booth, then the idea is, yeah, you should be able to do that. Now, I think opponents of this idea and the reason I think it is illegal in some states is there's this idea of of voter coercion. Right. And opponents might tell you that people are much more likely to, to try and buy your vote if they can get a proof of purchase, right? So if you're if you're oh, going to do something like this, I yeah. got receipts. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I got receipts, right? So now <laughs> I, I I take a selfie. I can you can see how I did it. You know, people would be more likely to try and do that. That's the argument, at least. I'm not making that argument, but some do. Um, they'd be more likely to do it rather than just relying on your word that you fulfilled the end of your bargain, right? But but that is, I think, the general opposition to this is, you know, look. We don't want to compromise integrity. We don't want people out there trying to, to buy votes or intimidating people um, because you post something online and maybe your employer doesn't like it or somebody, you know, who knows? But right. I, I think that that's generally the idea. But, but you know, my come on meter is like is off charts here. I think this is this is like overdue. And, and while Maryland law does not expressly prohibit you from doing this, just the fact that you can't use these devices does essentially do that. So, Michael, I think that yeah. this will be really interesting. It's an interesting bill. It's an interesting idea. And, and you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty common sense from where I sit. But again, right. I understand that there are complexities here. I mean, yeah. what do you think? You're a vote by mail guy. So you right now could take yeah, a picture, a selfie of your mail-in ballot. I don't think there's anything stopping you from doing that. Right. I think my my daughter actually took a picture of me sticking my ballot into one of the voting boxes right. in the last election. And I stuck it on Twitter and people are like, yeah, that's the way he dresses. That's definitely him. <laughs> well, gee, thanks. Uh, no question for you, though. So you run in the circle. You're our policy guy on election policy and you get like hip deep in this stuff and spend a lot of time with our election administrators they're not raising any like nuts and bolts concern. Like from time to time, they make a point about if this happens, sure. then we'll have trouble getting stuff done on time or whatever. They're not worried about, you know, the, the giant throng of insta worthy opportunities that are going to make it hard for the judges or the, the staff on site. I mean, I think that, you know, you, you make a, an interesting point where, you know, you could have, I guess, if people are taking longer in the booths or whatnot, but I think, you know, again, the, the bill has some language that generally gives, election officials discretion and whether or not someone is impeding their process or or making things more difficult. The bill also, you know, would allow election officials to use their devices, you know, in the conduct of their normal business. Also police officers, EMTs, whatnot. So it really, I think, just clarifies some things. I don't think anybody would be upset if an EMT was using a device, you know, they had to come in and do something, but it really just cleans that up. And it also does make clear that, 
the, the local election officials can use those devices in the normal course of business. So I haven't heard any really, you know, major pushback to this idea. I guess there could be, you know, maybe everybody's wanting to take a selfie and the line gets a little long, but I think generally this is something that can be done pretty expediently. And I, and I don't think it's the end of the world, at least from a administration standpoint. So it's classic case of let's check in late in session and find out if this is one of the countless stories of the legislative session where uh, everything was right on track and then suddenly there was this amendment and then there was this thing and something something was in the paper and then the bill got held and now it's stacked behind it. Like there's so many so many seemingly worthy ideas that get gummed up in the process for one reason or another. So like we should we should come back in the middle of March and find out has this bill already sailed out of the house. Or is it still stuck, stuck for some way? Or, you know, like, so I, I think it's, let's check back in later. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting bill. Figured we would highlight it and we will certainly circle back and, and see what's going on with this one. So, Michael, it's getting late. Anything else that uh, that's on your mind before we wrap up this evening? <laughs> so, so, I mean, this is, this is after hours. I'm, as I'm getting ready for the pod, I have, I, I don't know, I don't know quite what to do with this story. So, getting ready with my son and getting him ready for bed. He wants a late night snack and we've agreed he's going to have a bowl of cereal classic. Right. So tonight yeah. I'm getting stuff ready to make his bowl of cereal. And he says to me, he's nine he says, dad, like maybe tonight you could put the milk in first and then pour the cereal on top of the milk. What? And I, I'm, I'm like, what, what, Oh, okay. what, what have I, what have I, where did I go wrong? I mean, how did, how did this, how did this enter my family? I've, I've heard there are people like this, but what, what is happening here? So uh, I, I mean, I, I let them know, like, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not those <laughs> but, people, right? We're not, we're not that family. We're not, we're not, yeah, yeah. We're not doing that. No. We're not doing that. So, so now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time on like, yeah, WebMD or whatever, and find out if this is like symptomatic of a of a greater problem and and that sort of thing. But I'm, you know, if, if this is in the DSM or whatever, and I got I got to do some homework. Um, I just I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see Here's it. Coming. The thing. He's a nice he's a nice kid. He's a nice kid. He's also <laughs> a really smart kid. I mean, I know this kid beats the heck out of you in chess. He he can, he knows all the flags all over the world. He he's like a an amateur football coach, like d- diving into like complex schemes yeah. and play. Like this kid's really smart. So now I'm I'm thinking like, what are we missing? Like, are we? Yeah, may, maybe maybe he's on the right side of this. I can't I can't fathom. Like my mom taught me the right way to do cereal, and I, as far as I'm concerned, that's that. Like I'm not I'm not open to a new trick here. Anyway, um, I'm feeling a little jarred. I hope I was able to get through the pod okay, but I'm I'm a little weak in the knees over this. This 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 is going to turn into like a Twitter poll. I, I have no doubt about it. Like I've never I I, I don't. It, this is one of those things where it's like if you do this, there's no way I can even be in the same room as you, right? Like that's the, it's one right. of, it feels like one of those things where like, no, that's yeah, I'm it. picking no, up my no. cereal bowl. I'm moving to the other end of the cafeteria. Man, no way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I could see people getting pretty fired up on that. I, I don't know. And I, I, this is, is this like the green slash blue dress thing again? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe it's just where you sit. I don't know. Well, I, I knew there were people like this. I just didn't know they were as close as they apparently are. So anyway, we didn't do it and maybe it'll pass. Maybe it was just a, you know, it was it was an experimentation. It's fine. Let, anyway, let him sleep on it. Let him sleep on yeah. it. See, see see what happens tomorrow. I don't know. That's that's wild. 
All right. Well, we'll, we'll so leave that, it there. That's then. what I got for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's, that's pretty good. And we'll have to get an update next week to see if this has become a trend or if you've decided to start being this person too, which could, could happen, but I, I don't know. We'll see what happens on the Twitter poll. Maybe, maybe this is more of a thing than you think. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, right. anyway, we'll put a pin in it, <laughs> put a pin in that, leave it there for tonight. As always, if you, uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and subscribe. That way, all of these episodes will be sent directly to the device of your choice. You can also follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and then, of course, the Conduit Street blog. But for now, for Michael Sanderson, this is Kevin Canale signing off, and we will talk to you soon.